Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and this week we'll be looking ahead, hopefully, to some racing at Cheltenham for Trials Day on Saturday and also to the racing at Doncaster as well, which I think we can be pretty sure will be going ahead. Got two expert guests here this week. Andy Holding is taking a well-deserved break, but his namesake, Andrew Thornton, who knows much more about sitting on a horse, if not betting on them, joins us instead. Andrew, very good to have you here again. How's your week been? Probably quite similar to last week, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's been a bit of homeschooling. Been in, I've been enjoying that, even if uh, Charlie hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look, fingers crossed for the weekend because I just hope Cheltenham gets to go ahead. And Doncaster, well, you know, whets the appetite with Shishkin mm. stretching his legs up there and trying to, uh, well, he'd have been unbeaten, wouldn't he, if he hadn't fall, fallen in his novice hurdle there at Newbury last season. So it's exciting. It is exciting, and I'm looking forward to your career as a teacher once all this is over. It sounds exciting as well, Andrew. <laughs> uh, and then we can go live to our Cheltenham correspondent, Ed Quigley. Ed, you live near the course. We mention that every time. It's normally not particularly relevant, but this time it definitely is because we are unsure as to whether or not Cheltenham will be going ahead due to concerns with the ground. What's the weather been like, and what are you hearing locally? Yeah, indeed. Um it's clear blue skies here at the moment. It's absolutely lovely. Uh, but however, it needs to be because uh, last night when I was lying in bed, I thought my ceiling was going to come in. An absolutely <laughs> ridiculous amount of rain for about a four-hour period. Absolutely hammered down. Uh, you know, there was standing water appearing on the on the road outside in such a short space of time. So, yeah, inspecting 2 p.m. Friday, parts of the course are waterlogged. At the moment, the officials are saying it would be raceable. They'd have to admit the third last perhaps the last fence, I might go that wrong, round the wrong way, but they would have to admit a couple of fences, but they would be able to get the meeting on. However, the problem is what is arriving Friday? There's a whole band of rain coming in Friday, potential snow early uh, Saturday morning as well. So I'm a glass kind of three quarters full uh, type of person, as you know, George, but uh, if mm. the weather holds true, I'd say uh, it, it's odds on it, it gets cooled off, to be honest with you, but you never know. Um, if they get the low end of the, the rain forecast, it may just sneak through. But one thing's for sure, it will be uh, very, very testing. It'll be uh, in the, the kind of Chepstow mould of, of heavy ground, shall we say. Yeah, well, fingers crossed it does go ahead, even if that is the case. And for that reason, rather than going through the races in time order, what we're going to do is we're going to start with Doncaster. Because then if by the time people are watching this or listening to this, Cheltenham is off. You don't have to spend a while scrubbing through all the all the off races, even if we have to preview them anyway. Um, so we're going to start with Doncaster. I'm just gonna, before we do get going, as ever, going to direct listeners and viewers in the direction of the Odds Checker app. Download the app. You there, you can get the very best prices. So you're making sure you're not backing two to one shots at thirteen to eight. You can get the very best place terms. So you get your five places rather than your four if they're available. The best bookie offers as well, and the very best tipsters. Andy will be back in action this weekend. I'm led to believe. So definitely make sure you do check the odds checker app for the first place to get those. We're going to be previewing the races that will be shown live on ITV if racing goes ahead. So we're going to start. At Doncaster with a 205, then the 240, the 315, and then over to Cheltenham where we've got the three, sorry, the 150, 225, three o'clock, and 335, ending with the Cleve Hurdle. So to Donny then, and as I said, the first race we're going to cover is the Mayor's Hurdle, the 205, where Floressa is the two to one favourite ahead of Marie's Rocket, five to two, 11 to four Miranda, 
Uh, Rainer's World, 10 to 1. Irish Row, 12 to 1. Sopat, 50 to 1. Ed, coming to you first for the opener, or at least the opener on ITV at Donny. Yeah, indeed. And not a lot to separate these mayors and official figures, is there? At least the, the big three, if you like. Uh, Floressa and Miranda officially rated 143, and Marie's Rock rated 141. So, uh, again, interesting. Nico de Boinville's on Floressa. I thought perhaps you would have gone with Marie's Rock, who showed so much potential last season. Uh, of course, was amongst one of the uh, the favourites uh, at the Chantler Festival before she picked up a knock, missed the meeting. And then on her comeback, uh, it's fair to say she disappointed uh, when sent off two to one favourite uh, at Newbury back in November. But she was far too lit up, far too keen and was beaten around 12 lengths behind Fresh on that occasion. But all the vibes in the aftermath were she would obviously come on a bundle for that. And put it this way, I think there'll be a, there won't be 12 lengths between Floressa and Marie's Rock on this occasion. I think it'd be much, much closer. Which way it falls, I'm not quite sure. And uh, I think the ground will play a part. If the ground got pretty soft, I think that will go towards Marie's Rock. I always thought Floresta's quite a, a smooth moving type. We saw in the mud at Taunton last year how uh, Marie's Rock just powered through it and she seemed to enjoy it. So I'm going to be a little bit uh, kind of splinters on my backside for this race because I honestly don't. I think official figures suggest and the way these these fillies are kind of the form line suggest, I don't think there's a great deal between them. And I think Miranda's a pretty useful mare for the informed Paul Nichols team too. So, um, yeah, I'm tempted to be the, the Nicky Henderson second string, but uh, no strong views in the 205. Yeah, not, not much of a second string really when you, you know, when you look at the prices there as well. But, you know, on the day, we'll see where we end up. But Andrew, it looks like a pretty trappy affair, this, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I'd be, I, I, I'd, I'm worried that, about Marie's Rock because I, I know Nico thought quite a lot of her when on the, obviously in the novice uh, novice career. But the vibes are, I think, that she just hasn't quite sparkled. Well, you saw what happened first time out. Uh, and for a mare, I know she was a little keen as a novice, but you'd be slightly worried she's maybe just gone the wrong way, as in got very, very keen. And one thing's for certain, if she's like that at Doncaster with the ground bin, you know, Weatherby's off today. It's it's only half an hour from Donny. They will have had some rain last night. We, you know, I live 20 minutes north of Weatherby, and it was. I'd say we had an inch. Weatherby said they had 15 mil. Donny will have had the fair share, and there's more forecast for Saturday. They will have opened up the ground as well because they are racing Friday as well. So it'll be taxing for me. Floressa's form beating a neck to Lady Buttons is. She's she's a, she's solid. She wants further. Nikki Nikki Henderson wants to run over two and a half. Can't find the right races for her because you know she's a listed fairly, but you do probably want a, a mare that gets that little bit further when the ground is testing. And the fact that Nico's gone for her certainly ticks the boxes for me. And last that, that at least she, you know that she handles the track. You know Donny's. Yes, it's it's left-handed, but some horses just don't like it. It gets very loose. It's a gravelly track. It gets quite loose, but Floressa handles it. She wasn't beaten far in it last year. She's a rock-solid choice. I think Marie's rock. She'll either be she'll either be winning or she'll be blown out. So if you, I know there's only six runners, but you might be looking for something. Miranda was disappointed up at Musselburgh last time out. I'd be thinking of something like a Rainer's World of of Phil Kirby's. Mm. If you're an each way punter and you want to play something at that for the first two places, Rainer's World would be the one I'd be having a look at. Rainer's World then 9-1, to one, best price at the moment with Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook. Worth pointing out, we're recording this just shy of midday 
on Thursday. So, you know, final decks only came in pretty recently. So these markets are updating as we go. On then to the second race that we're going to be previewing at Doncaster, the two fo- the two forty, sorry, the Albert Bartlett River Don novices hurdle, where uh, Emir Sacri is the four to one favourite ahead of uh, Flash Colon at five to one, Ashtown Lad six to one, Oscar Honey B and Bob Hope or No Hope both eight to one, Pat's Fancy nine to one, eleven to one bar. Uh, Ed, come back to you here first and foremost. Anything catching your eye at those prices? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pat's Fancy, a really, really interesting one for the uh, Rebecca Curtis team. We know she's got a bit of a track record with this type, obviously, with Liz Nagar Oscar and that Fisher's Cross a few seasons ago. And um, this horse is following a similar type of route to um, a couple of those horses in the sense they ran in the same Foss last maiden um, uh, back in November and then went to the Cheltenham Albert Bartlett trial in uh, December, which is the Liz Nagar Oscar route, if you like. And uh, it was a little bit of a messy race, uh, the, the, the Charlton one in December. I think they omitted the last flight, didn't they? And it, it, it was almost a flat race for the final half a mile. However, um, this horse has plenty of stamina. Its pedigree galloped all the way to the line and came up the Charlton Hill and just looks your, your out-and-out stare, if, if you like, and uh, which is pretty much going to be the name of the game over three miles on town more on this ground. I've, I've actually backed Pat's fancy for the, uh, for the Albert Bartlett itself. Mm. In the festival, I just think it looks the, the proper type who will love a punch-up, love a war, and um, won't have a problem with soft ground. And I, I just thought it was really interesting. Rebecca Curtis, as soon as she gets a, a good stare on her hands, you, you have to look what, what races they get put in. And she's taken a kind of tried and tested route, which she she's known as worked with uh, previous other kind of flag bearers, if you like, in the stable. So, yeah, Pat's fancy for me at a double-figure price. Uh, so this horse has got plenty of stamina in the locker, which will essentially be... All, I think the class angle to some extent can get a little bit thrown out the window over over very deep ground and three miles, and you just want something that's going to gallop on, and I think Pat's Fancy uh, could be galloping on when others have cried enough. Pat's Fancy, 50-1 to one for the Albert Bartlett in March. I mean, Ed, what kind of a performance would you be looking for? I mean, do you think Pat's Fancy has to go win this in order to to justify your anti-post selection, or do you think just a good run? I mean, we know the Albert Bartlett favours horses that have that have had tough tests and have come through them. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I'd like to see Pat's Fancy win it or at least, you know, go down fighting in the closing stages. But uh, I, I just think, yeah, I, I just think this race looks absolutely tailor-made for the horse. And um, I just thought it was really interesting the route Rebecca Curtis has taken as given that she's almost mapped this one out the same as, as Liz Nagar Oscar. And I just think this horse sticks every box. So, yeah, I, I, I think this horse has got every chance of winning. I actually think it's, it's, it's overpriced. And again, on official figures is... Uh, one three three is right up there with the best of them in this, and you can make an argument it should be a lot shorter. So, uh, oh yeah, Pat's fancy for me. I think so, as a cracking each way bet at ten to one. I'd I'd be disappointed if it was out of the three, and uh, I'd be um, hoping that it goes and wins. Nine to one best price at the moment with Unibet, but we'll see as other bookies are coming out with their prices. So Pat's fancy is Ed's fancy. What's Andrew's fancy? Yeah, I I don't think there's well on ratings and Ed will know this. I think there's only five pounds officially between twelve and the thirteen here, and I think it's priced up purely and simply on the fact of Nicky Henderson and uh, Paul Nichol have been you know champion trainers between them in the last ten years. So um, I think the market is lopsided. I'm with Bob Hope and No Hope. Bob Hope and No Hope for Kim Bailey, Dave Baswell. They're putting all before them. Look what happened last weekend. You know, <laughs> absolutely. I, that for me, that was the ride of that was the ride. That is my ride of the year already. 
because you know he took the bull by the horns and Bassi is just riding with so much confidence at the moment and that's why I like Bob Hope or no hope because you know how what's going to happen this horse is going to be bounced out didn't win too far at Doncaster last time out but was value for probably a lot lot further didn't do a stroke in front and I just feel this horse is from the um, Corbier family so there is lots of staying in the pedigree and um, I like a horse who has got uh, track form as well at Don Donny. I mentioned it in the previous previous race. Thorough stayer, won a point a point on soft ground. And um, yeah, I don't think it's a vintage renewal of this race. But one thing it is, is exceptionally competitive. So from that perspective, I'm a little bit like Ed. I'm looking for a bit of each an each way angle into the race. And I thought this one fit the brief and... Uh, you know, it's it the ground conditions. Yes, they call them good to soft, soft in place at the moment. It's going to be worse than that come Saturday. So uh, as I say, very open contest. But um, I thought, you know, a yard that's just been in great form all year. Bob Hope or no hope there for Andrew. Hopefully some hope. Eight to one best price pretty much across the board there. Unibet, Betfair Sportsbook, Hills and Paddy Power. Certainly stayed on well last time at Doncaster, suggesting that the extra stamina test shouldn't be too much of an issue. Uh, we'll move on then to the third and final race we'll be previewing at Doncaster, which is the 3.15. Andrew, coming straight back to you there. Cap de Nord is the 5-2 to favourite. Canelo, 5-1. to one. 13 to 2, 1 for the team. I write and musical slave 9 to 1, 12 to 1 bar. Um, hills go four places at the moment. I'm sure others will follow. 13 runners. Let's start with the favourite here, Captain Ord. Fair favourite of 5 to 2? Oh, well, hey, <laughs> this is probably the, the, the way the race is framed gets in well here. Royal Pagal, the way it's bolted up at Haydock. Unbelievable. He's, he's obviously a worthy favourite in, in that respect. <clears throat> I think the ground's going to be a lot slower than Kempton, mind. That would be my slight worry. Um, you know, looking through his form on soft ground, it's, as I say, the Kempton ground last time, I think, was nearer good to soft than soft. I'm thinking Donny's going to be worse than that by Saturday. And that would be my little concern. And I, for me, short enough in the market and worth taking on. Canelo was a tough winner last time out uh, up at Weatherby. I thought a good performance from him. But the one here for me is uh, is one for the team. Uh, uh, looks an improving novice for Nick Williams. Only had three starts over fences. And the last two, were the penultimate one was in the grade two. The last time out was in the grade one behind Shan Blue at Kempton. And if the cat fits, finished third in that. This horse was only two lengths behind. I thought if the cat fits, ran a blinder behind Yala Renke at the weights uh, the other day, down last week down at Taunton. I just thought that off a marker 141, 10 stone 11 as well, mid-range, hasn't got uh, hasn't got too much weight on his back. And Nick Williams, he's pretty good at getting these novices in these kind of races. And, uh, and from an each-way perspective, uh, that's the horse I was siding with. Thought I right was interesting. You know, obviously he had a pipe opener at Newcastle um, last time. And an interesting horse for the Harriet Graham, if not what you might think from a, a betting perspective, a sexy horse. So one mm. horse that is probably very, very tough and consistent and doesn't deserve to be um, the price he is as well. So one for the team, therefore, Andrew is his selection with a positive word for I write as well, who is nine to one with William Hill. 
Ed, over to you. Yeah, echo a lot of uh, Andrew's sentiment there. I, just, I think perhaps the favourite's a little bit short in the market now. I actually think the second one in here, Canelo, looks rock solid. Uh, won it Weatherby in the Roll America uh, in December and uh, won it in nice time. Jumped and travelled beautifully. Uh, he really did. He was the only horse still on the bridle coming to two out. And um, once he hit the front, didn't find a great deal. But um, listen, Alan King after didn't seem at all surprised by that at all. He says a horse who almost needs to be held up and delivered quite late. He gets quite lazy once he hits the front. And I, I, he's gone up six pounds for it. But I think, he, you know, he's a lightly raced eight-year-old. He's improving. Won't have any issue with the ground. He's won it the course before as well. Uh, expect patient, even more patient tactics, I think, will be the key here with Tom Cannon. I expect him to be literally be delivered after the last here and, and try and pick things up. Uh, as I said, he's up to 148, but he's still unexposed. He's heading the right way. And obviously, Alan King's won this a uh, couple of times in recent years with Zigger Boy. And uh, I, I just think, uh, yeah, he looks tailor-made for this. So, yeah, Canelo to land the, uh, the knockout blow in this contest. So Canelo, the one for Ed there. I like the... I, thought, <laughs> I, was, wait, I was seeing how long yeah. you got that. Yeah. <laughs> I was already talking, basically, when I understood it. Uh, Canelo, 5-1 to one to land a knockout below. That's with Paddy Power. Um, so Canelo, one for the team. And I write, I think all of us are united in thinking that Captain Nord may be at 5-2, to two, one to take on in the 3.15 at Donny. So that brings our Doncaster preview to a close. Hopefully that isn't the end of the <laughs> of the previews that have any relevance and value because now we're going to move on to Cheltenham. And as I mentioned at the start of the, of the show, we're recording this at midday on, on Thursday. It, it looks like Cheltenham might not go ahead, but we're going to do our duty and preview the races anyway and keep everything crossed that it is safe to do so. So the first race we're going to preview at Cheltenham is the 150, the Paddy Power Millionaire Trophy Handicap Chase over just uh, an extended two and a half miles, where Midnight Shadow and Caribbean Boy are the joint five to one favourites ahead of Al Dancer at six to one, Old Grangewood eight to one, Benatar nine to one, Mr Whitaker and Happy Diva both ten to one, twelve to one ASO, as is Corto Rico with Clan Legend sixteen to one. Eden de Hoots, 22 to 1. Now, Ed, Cheltenham might not be going ahead. We've done Donny, but I know Cheltenham is where your heart lies, and this is the stuff you really want to get into. So let's assume it's going ahead. We think, you know, if it does do so, the ground will be will be testing to to put it mildly. Where are you looking here for the uh for the Paddy Power Millionaire trophy? Yeah, I'm gonna give another chance to Caribbean Boy for Nikki Henderson, Daryl Jacob. Uh, this this horse is lightly raced. Uh, that's the kind of key angle here that, mm. you know, I don't want to be disrespectful, but there's a lot of old exposed types. Now, you know, your clan legends, 11, Coulter Rico, old Grangewood are both 10-year-olds, uh, Aso's 11, uh, Happy Divas 10. You, the handicapper knows where he is with a lot of these horses, it's fair to say. Caribbean boy still has that could-be-anything tag, and he's only had the four uh, chase starts for mm. Nicky Henderson. Um, looked really smart in a grade two at Newby on his penultimate start where he swatted the side fiddler on the roof. Uh, all the talk after it was how Fiddler on the Roof perhaps didn't quite run his race, yet subsequently that form doesn't look too bad, does it? Because he went really close to next day's destination uh, up at Warwick, who's now around 7-8-1 to win what was the RSA chase. So I think in hindsight, that form's pretty good. Now, obviously, the, the alarm bells with Caribbean Boy was last time out in Ascot when finishing uh, last of three runners behind Itchy Feet and Dashiell Drasher again. With hindsight, that form doesn't look too bad at all, no. does it? Dasha Drasher since come out and scooped a big pot at Ascot off a big weight. And um, 
I can't believe the, the horse was totally off colour. Daryl Jacobs said he knew it halfway, he was beaten. And a lot of the Nicky Henderson horses appear to run totally flat over that period. So I wouldn't be giving up on him at all. Uh, you know, he absolutely seemed to appear to love heavy ground when he bolted up at Haydock uh, back in February. So ground conditions wouldn't make me all that nervous. As long as the horse is right and you put a line through his run last time out, uh, you know, Nicky Henderson was saying after the Newbury run that the Ryanair is, is the plan. Obviously, I think they've they've kind of cooled those kind of uh, pretensions, shall we say, a little mm. bit on the basis of that run last time out. But if he wins this, then yes, he'll be lining up in that grey one at March in, in seven weeks' time. So I just like the the unexposed angle, and but I do love the way he jumps. I mean, he was impeccable in his jumping at Newbury, and even though he ran pretty flat at Ascot, you can't argue his jumping still held him in good stead. So uh, he would be my play here. I just think he's the exciting one, the one that's still got the potential to progress against a lot of horses, which let's, let's face it, likes of Aso and Happy D have definitely got their conditions and will run their races. But as I said, they've got the handicapper knows exactly um, where they are with these horses. Whereas Caribbean boy stood off one five four. There is a question mark. You could easily run to one sixty here and, um, be a little bit of a blot on the on the handicap mark if you like. So yeah, Caribbean boy for Nicky Henderson for me. Um, no great price, but uh, I think he's the improver. What price do you think Caribbean boy would be if you if you did draw a line through that last run? If you took it out, oh, he'd be incredibly short. Be about seven to four, mm. something like that, six four. Um, I know he's got quite a bit of weight on his back here, but as I said, it. it this is the horse that he was going to make up into a, a Grade One performer. There's there's a lot of horses in here. We we just they've not had their day, but they're they're handicapped accordingly. Caribbean boy is still to be question mark. It could just be that uh, the Reddit Newbury was kind of a little bit of a bolt out of the blue, and he's got a few issues which haven't been ironed out after his his Ascot run last time out. But uh, I, as I said, I just I just I like his exciting. I like his potential. I like his profile. He's an excellent jumper, and he's one on heavy. So uh, Caribbean boy for me. Um, He's my selection. Caribbean boy for Ed, five to one with Paddy Power in Betfair Sportsbook. Andrew, you know, Caribbean boy, an unexposed type, as, as Ed says, only four runs uh, for Nicky Henderson, but plenty in there that we've seen lots of in the past. Midnight Shadow, Al Dance, Old Granger with Benatar, Mr. Whitaker, some familiar names. Where are you coming down? I'm a bit like, it, it, it is, I think this race is just, just open. Mm. End of story. And I'm, I'm going to put one up at, Maybe the outside of the lot at the moment. I think Eden Who of Dave Pipes. The yard's in very, very good form. It's only two pounds out of the handicap with the weights going up three. He, he's got a bit of foot. He's got form on heavy ground, which is the key. This, he- <laughs> by, the, by the sounds of it, if Cheltenham's on, it will be atrocious. Ten stone down the handicap. It wouldn't not be certain that uh, Chepstow beat uh, Mario de Pale. Of levels that was read 137 of a of a hurdles. Eden got off the mark of 128. As I say, he's had a wind up first time as well. He's very much unexposed as a chaser. He finished fourth at Exeter last time out in a in a what I'd call a middle of the road handicap. But you get some funny results at this time of year, and the fact that the trainer is in their their pipe horses have been running pretty well all season and. And recently, at this time of year, he's had five winners in the last fortnight. You mm. know that they'll be hard fit. And and I do like their angle, wind up first time. And uh, off, a, off a lightweight here, and what I, I agree with Ed, it's a wide open race where, having a look through the, the likes of Benatar, Old Grangewood, I don't, I don't think they're absolute mud lovers. Happy Diva, as you mentioned, Ed, 
She's not getting any younger. Mr. Whitaker, I worry about the ground for him. Aso's got top weight. As I say, it's a it's an open race, and right down at the bottom, only a seven-year-old. So there is un, untapped potential there. This might be one where Tom Skua could see him making plenty of use of Eden Dehu and uh, not hanging around in here and trying to trying to get the others at it. So big price horse each way. Eden Dehu twenty-two to one. That is with Unibet, Andrew. You have me at outsider of the field and Windop. I must say, and knowing long shot Ted, the other man here, I reckon he might be having a five-pound saver come <laughs> uh, come off time. <laughs> Uh, we're going to move on now to a cracking race, the 225. The uh, Cotswold Chase might be some insight into the Gold Cup here with Santini, the 5-2 to two favourite, uh, with Bristol Demai, 11-4, to four, Native River, 9-2, to two, St Calvados, 11-2, to two, Yala Enki, 14-1, The Conditional, and Lakeview Lad, both 16-1, to one, York Hill, 50-1. to one. Fascinating race if it goes ahead. Uh, a slog in the mud at Cheltenham sounds to me like it's Santini's cup of tea, Andrew. Do you know, I, I was scratching my head, I'll be honest, why Nicky Henderson would, doesn't want to run him on soft ground. I just think he, he's, mm. he's, not, he's not a quick horse. He no. wants it. It's not Nicky's... I think it's more the fact it's not his style to run horses in very deep ground and if he doesn't think... But this isn't a Nicky Henderson type of horse. He's, he's slow. He's mm. what I call a trucker's tavern, a Sir Rembrandt. He just, this is his track. It won't happen very quickly. But you saw last year, had limited experience, made a bit of a mess of the second last, wasn't so clever at the third last, but still won well and beat Bristol Demai. And Bristol Demai, a horse that is zero from six around Cheltenham. If this race was at Haydock, it'd be twos on. Mm. End of the story. <laughs> but it's not. It's at Cheltenham. And even when the ground's soft, he's very much like a horse that I used to ride called The Listener and Daryl Jacob mm. used to ride him. He used to like a flat galloping track. And they didn't like the undulations. Although he won at Cheltenham, didn't really, he just didn't like the undulations. Bristol Demise in the same boat. He'll run his race. He's been placed in a Gold Cup. He's been placed in this race several times. But I always feel there will be something to beat him. And Santini, although Nicky's saying 50-50, I still think this is this is a, this is the race from he wants racing. Kempton was like, you know, you knew what was going to happen round there. And he he ran all right till leaving the back straight where he just got tapped for toe. So I think he's I think his value at nine to four, I'll be perfectly frank with you. Um five to two. Triple be a little bit of a worry. Yeah, Lorenki, well crikey. I haven't seen a horse tank down to the start or tank round the track after two weeks after a Welsh National uh, last last weekend, but it might be just asking a little bit much. If you're looking for a, a horse at a, a bit of a price each way, look no further than the conditional. He's two from two at Cheltenham. Yes, he only had 10-4 and 10-6 when he was at Cheltenham, but he does love the track. And, you know, Bridgie, the, the giant bolster comes flashing through the memory, doesn't it? This, you know, he's, he's a knocking bet each way. The, the, the conditional, but the main bet will be Santini. Yeah, eight runners at the moment. You do worry that the race might still cut up a little bit, even if the if the rain does come, because you know as we've often seen this winter or this month so far, if racing goes ahead, sometimes half the fields do come out. But eight run at the moment, and the conditional is sixteen to one with Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook. I mean, we 
we haven't even discussed Ed, Lakeview Lad yet. I mean, surely Lakeview Lad fans are there saying, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, look at what happened in our last run. We're 16 to 1 in an eight runner race. And we haven't got an each way shout. Yeah, we actually trounced the King George winner, didn't we? <clears throat> so, yeah, no, indeed. Uh, it was a little bit of a farcical race, that I suppose, is the, the proviso, if you, if you mm. want to uh, take with Lakeview Lad. And on the balance of his form, that was a bit of a bolt out of the blue. And uh, I just look at this race overall again. You've got Lakeview Lads 11, Native Rivers 11, York Hills 11, Yala Enkies 11. There's, again, a lot of horses who are in the twilight of their careers, it has to be said. And Santini does look the percentage play, doesn't he, really? Yeah. He won this race last year. He, I, I totally agree with Andrew. I mean, the horse loves... If you look at the horse's form figures on soft to heavy, they're, they're much better than they are when it's good good to soft. Uh, the horse has got his ideal conditions, and it's... Nicky Henderson's comments, of course, caused a lot of a uh, bit of confusion on social media, haven't they? In the sense that he said it's only 50-50. He doesn't really want to run the horse on heavy, yet he's de- declared him uh, on ground where you're going to, you know, need a boat to get home on. So I don't I don't quite know what, what's going on, really. And it, but I think he's the percentage play. If there was the... The Joker in the pack, and more the, the interesting horse to talk about for the fact of I admire what Connections is doing with him, it's St. Calvados, mm. in the sense that after, he ran an absolute stormer in the King George, finishing fourth, his first start for nine months. I believe he'd had a, a little bit of blood poisoning or something, and the Harry Whittington team have not had a great time of things over the last few months. That's been well documented. However, he ran an absolute stormer to finish fourth in the King George. Now, in the aftermath, the, the assumption, and pretty much everyone is saying, and myself, I think the percentage call is, that he didn't get the trip in the King George because he was very keen. He ran quite free. He travelled with so much exuberance and then appeared to peter out in the closing stages. However, listen to Gavin Sheehan's comments afterwards. He was of the mindset that he's not too sure that that wouldn't have happened over two and a half anyway, given the fact it was his first run for three quarters of a year. He would have tightened up a lot fitness-wise. And he was just fresh and keen and he needed that run under his belt. So I like what Connections are doing here. They, they, I think in the back of their mind, they think he could be a Gold Cup horse. So they're going to run him over here, a 200 yards shy of a Gold Cup trip in bottomless ground. If he doesn't get the trip, they've answered all their questions, which ultimately this is, it is trials day. <laughs> so it is kind of answering questions for them, isn't it? And if he doesn't get home here, they'll go for the Ryanair. If he jumps the last and comes up the hill, he'll be running in a Gold Cup. And if you're going to be really nerdy about it and look on official figures he is getting six pounds uh from the the top weights here from santini and on official figures he is the best horse in the race on the if you adjust the figures for the the weight he's getting from his rival so the, obviously the big question mark about him is his stamina uh will they try and ride him differently he was obviously because he was quite keen he almost got himself to the front at kempton and kind of pushed on will they try and conserve energy if they go a bit slow will they try and hold him up and use his turn of foot so it's i think they're a little bit frustrated really because i think in an ideal world if this was a good to soft Cotswold chase you'd probably be getting a better representation of you know <clears throat> what he actually could do over this trip on this stamina but this is going to be absolutely bottomless ground but i just think he's the interesting horse in terms of as i said on figures he's officially the best horse in the race getting weight from Santini and be interested in the tactics, uh, what they do with him, whether they try and hold him up and come late or whether they just let him bowl along, uh, bowl along. And if Ed, he falls in a hole, he does. Ed, so. I, I'd say they, they won't bowl along because you've got the likes of York Hill, Bristol, Demise, and they all want to be up there. But I, I think I'd like to see them drop him out last and put him yeah. to sleep for, for a circuit and a circuit and a half because mm. there is going to be a stamina test. But will they do that? Well, that, well that's what I've said. If he's, if he's, if he's, if he's keen really and pulls there. himself to the front, then they might not be able to do much about that, if you see what I'm saying. Well, he definitely won't get the trip if he does that. That's one yeah. thing mm. is for certain. Yeah. He might be the 
officially best figures, but at, at this trip, bearing in mind, I think it's an extra 130 yards, so it's pretty much the Gold Cup trip. Mm. Yeah. We we should learn something about the Gold Cup here, whether it's certain horses, um, you know, proving that they're not up to the trip, whether it's the winner shortening, you know, being cut in half for, for the Gold Cup. I mean, a quick look at the Gold Cup prices. Santini is 10 to 1. St. Carvalhos is 50 to 1. Bristol Demai is 40 to 1. Now, as you say, Bristol Demai has has um, been placed, came third in the Gold Cup a couple of years ago. You know, the form around Cheltenham isn't what it, what it should be. But is there any justification here, Ed, that you've got a race at Cheltenham on soft ground over pretty much the Gold Cup trip? You've got two horses who are pretty much neck and neck in the betting in, in Santini and Bristol Demai. Yet you look at the, the Gold Cup prices and Bristol Demai is four times the price. Yeah, but we've uh, touched upon Bristol Demai's, oh, Haydock Demai, as he's as he's known, <laughs> isn't he? Is the, um, it, yeah, that that's your there's, that's your answer, really. Don't you say much more? I mean, I mean, there's one horse we're probably totally glossing over here is the previous Giant Gold Cup winner, mm. Native River, who will have his ground, does gallop all day. Richard Johnson's on, and uh, I just again, I just wonder at the age of eleven now, you know, we can all get a bit attached to these horses. Can he? kind of roll back the years a little bit he's had a couple of injuries in recent times he ran well enough it has to be said entry to show the fires do still burn but um he's you know can he still run to his best or run to a mark of 168 at the age of 11 i'm i'm slightly skeptical but yeah i'm, I'm on balance i think santini's the most likely winner but from a kind of a race interest as, as andrew said i'd be really interested in how and what they do with saint calvados uh whether they try and hold him up in last or if he's too exuberant they let him go on or what happens with him because he's definitely the uh the interesting one in the pack if you like but yeah santini for me santini five to two with unibet and skybet uh saint calvados 11 to two across the board but i don't think that's much of a tip there from ed Moore. just one to look out for and as i say 50 to one for the big one in march on then to the Ballymore Novices Hurdle uh, over two and a half miles where Bear Grylls is the six to five favourite annual Invictus and Wild About Oscar, both seven to two. Optimised Prime is eight to one and took the lot, 25 to one. Just five runners here. Ed, Bear Grylls, not really your kind of thing, six to five fabs. One, one to get against or... or yeah. you yeah, I've got to admit, um, we've got a race I'm sitting out. Uh, I thought Annual Invictus was interesting. He's become a bit of a win machine for Chris Gordon. Absolutely loves the mud. Richard Johnson's been booked and um, I, I think will stay. So, again, yeah, uh, at the prices, Bear Girls, not one I'd be getting totally excited about. Uh, Optimised Prime, I'd be amazed if he lines up. Uh, ben Pauling pretty much kind of said that. They pulled him out of the Warwick race on the account of the ground being too soft. Um I presume he's just been declared in here in case uh, four others <laughs> to become non-runners and he'll um, <laughs> pick up the prize. But no, uh, it's uh, it's a trappy little race, but I'd be tentatively with Annual Invictus. Annual Invictus there for Ed at 7-2. Andrew, anything for you? Um, I was just looking through Bear Grylls' pedigree. Is It's uh, the dam's a, ha- a full sister to Cracking Dawn. I used to ride for Robert Olner. And he was a, he was a real good-looking type and... Uh, I just feel, I think Bear Grylls is the real deal. I'm just impressed with him. Um, you could have put, after I, I saw him win the, his bumper, I think you could have put telephone telephone numbers next to his name. But, <laughs> uh, the offers that were coming in. He's he's exciting. He's raw. He's, he's raw. The potential that he's shown. Um, he, he reminds me a bit of a French Holly in the fact that I'd, lo- I'd love to see him go off the two and a half at Cheltenham with a bit of juice in the ground. Um, what, what he did to the field down at Exeter last time out, 
he just blew them apart. And obviously they've been w- wondering which race to, to head down the two mile route, the two and a half. You know, the way he went through the line at Exeter last time out uh, suggests to me that he's going to be even better over two and a half. You know, I just think that the, the, the ground last time out was uh, was pretty soft down at Exeter. And, you know, he's a thorough stayer. The trip won't be far. I think he could blow this field apart. You might see him turn in here w- with the others. But I think when Matt Griffiths gives him a squeeze here, he will relish the hill. And, um, yeah. He's an exciting prospect. So positive words there for an exciting prospect in Bear Gills for Andrew. Six to five with Unibet and Skybet as it stands. On then to the last race we're going to be covering, which is the 335. It is the Cleave Hurdle. And Paisley Park is the four to seven favourite ahead of Itchy Feet at nine to two. Main fact, seven to one. You know what I mean, Harry. 16 to one. Ramsey's to tie 25s. Decor Irlande is thirty-three to one, and Paisley Park four to seven. I mean, what can we say that hasn't already been said about Paisley Park? Great to see him getting back to winning ways, and we know, of course, some spectacular moments at this track in the past. Any chinks in the armor on Saturday? I would be a little nervous if I'm being honest. Um, I, I've got to be honest. I wouldn't be at all shocked if they pull him out. Um, mm. To be honest, he's been pulled out on the heavy ground before. And I just think this is a horse who's had, he's had his heart problem. He's come back. It's brilliant to see him back, isn't it? I mean, uh, he's become a real fan's favourite now, and he's, his his battles with Time Hill are becoming really exciting. And of course, we're going to have the rematch all being well at the festival. Connections of Time Hill decided to go straight to the stairs, and I just wonder, as I say, this is it's only six and a half weeks to the stairs hurdle. Uh, the last thing they want in really deep ground is an absolute wall here. Mm. Um, and that would, just, he's got to give weight to the field again here. Uh, officially 10 pound better than itchy feet. But he's got to concede six pounds to him. And I just think if the ground is really, really testing, as I said, they pulled him out at Ascot um, last season when the ground got really deep, whether they might just think, mm, let, let's just bubble wrap him for the big one. And cause you don't want to leave your race behind in this contest because he's the type of horse that when he runs the kitchen sink gets left on the race course doesn't he? he's not the type of horse which just goes around on the bridle and, and does his thing he's always seems to be in a hard battle and i think with those types of horses there's only so often you can go back to the well with them so look he's the best horse in the race we know that official figures say that but he has got to give weight to some uh some rivals and itchy feet is definitely one that interests me here for ollie murphy and gavin she and uh this horse has been absolutely a crying out for to come back over hurdles which is uh now what is happening and b uh it's been crying out for three miles and soft ground uh it's horse of a lot of ability over two and a half and fences he just keeps staying on staying on staying on he did that ascot uh, the, on the last two occasions and ground won't be an issue here it was pretty deep the day he won the city isles at sandown he looked really smart on that occasion. I just think he could really benefit from a uh, a drop back over hurdles. As I said, he's getting six pounds from Paisley Park. He's got his ground and, um, you know, listening to Ollie Murphy, they're going to weigh up whether they have a crack at the stairs hurdle on the back of this, depending on how close they get to Paisley Park in receipt of weight. So uh, Paisley Park is the best horse in the race, four to seven, no kind of price. It's probably, in truth, a race to watch. But I've just been a little bit nervous about Paisley Park and it would not shock me if Emma Lavelle did pull the horse out, uh, as I say, six weeks before the festival, given that this could turn into a real war of attrition, which is probably the last thing that horse needs at this stage of the season. So, uh, yeah, itchy feet for me, uh, of course, a, a minor upset, shall we say. Itchy feet, nine to two at the moment, will surely, well, will be favourite if Paisley Park does come out. Andrew? 
Well, I, I think she, I think she'll run him because the only reason she pulled him out at Ascot that time was because it was false ground. She wasn't, you know, down the hill. It was she was she was worried it was false ground conditions more than anything else. So I, I would never, I would never worry about him really regarding the ground. Um, looking through the race, you, I can't, I just can't see them going flat to the pan here from word go. Um, Ramis Detea, he ran in, you know, he he's a likely handy horse, but he did run in the Welsh National last time out, which was what was only a fortnight ago. Um, and uh, he, he's the class horse, you know what I mean, Harry. Oh, the, the, the place would erupt. There might not be anybody at Cheltenham, but if he happened to go and win, the place would erupt. And he's 13, but God, he's an absolute warrior. Main fact, um, he's been busier than I have in the last six months. Um, <laughs> whether it's flat or jumping, um, he, he just the market was completely against him at Ascot, wasn't it, Ed? Yeah. And you know, for a horse that had been in such good form, it, it, he's just it didn't happen for him. And whether he's just gone completely over the top, you know, he didn't travel, he didn't really jump, and he, he didn't he didn't look interested. To be perfectly honest, last time, Itchy Feet's the one and. The form behind Dash or Drasher, although he didn't jump, is, was it was enhanced. And as Ed said, very interesting that he's coming back. But Paisley Park, the way he went through the gears at Ascot, after having a troubled passage from turning in, if he'd had a clear run through turning in, he'd have won. He'd have won a, a bit easier, and Richard Johnson wouldn't have been annoyed as annoyed with himself <laughs> as he was because I'm sure crossing the line, he thought he'd been. He'd been mugged, which he was. But if he'd saw, if Aidan Coleman hadn't won, God, would he have been bad to live with? Because he did, you know, he just got trapped in a pocket and um, came with the run. But, you know, Paisley Park, he's back to his best. I will forgive any horse. Any horse can have a poor run, which he had at Cheltenham. It didn't work out for him. You know, he's twos on. He's probably not backable at it. But, um, you know, he's won it the last two years. So not going to go against him. Paisley Park, four to seven, hard to oppose for Andrew. But yeah, kind words for itchy feet from both of our expert guests. And that brings us to a close on the podcast and the video. Thank you very much to both Andrew and Ed for joining me today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and any podcast platform will be there. All of them there if you want to check a betting show and subscribe to our YouTube channel for plenty more betting preview content around sports and lots of other things to check out studs up the new odds checker and sky bet podcast with charlie austin and ollie bell being released i think they're recording it this afternoon so keep your eyes out for that do download the odds checker app as well for the best prices the best bookie offers the free bets and plenty more including the very best tipsters such as andy holding who hopefully we'll have back on next week as well Please do enjoy the racing. There's an inspection tomorrow at two o'clock at Cheltenham. Fingers crossed it's good news. And please do gamble responsibly. 